Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Centered, Committed, Confident. I'm your co-host, Cody Rogers. I'm Regan Erickson. And I'm Hannah Erickson. And Hannah, would you like to go ahead and introduce our uh, special guest for this this episode? Yeah, so Regan and I are currently spending Christmas in Salina, Kansas with my family. And so we are being joined by my dad, Greg Savage, who... Um, is a pastor here in Kansas, and will be joining us as we tackle the second question of the New City Catechism. So, hello, everybody. Pastor Savage. Pastor yeah. Savage. Savage. Pastor right. Savage. Little little known fact: um, Pastor Greg will also be coming out to Iowa sometime in the spring to uh, to take my spot preaching. Correct? We're we're still on for That's that. Great, you betcha. That'll great. be a lot of fun. Awesome. So if you're listening to this, That's you'll cool. be able to actually put a face to the name sometime wow. soon. Okay, cool. So we are in the uh, second official question of the New City Catechism. We are. Question two. Um, and question two poses a question uh, for, for Regent and I, especially as we were talking right before we started this, uh, because we think it's worded weirdly. It's, it's an odd yeah. question, I think. Uh- yeah, it's not what you'd expect. Yeah, so the the question is, what is God? Now, Regent, why do you, why does that stand out to you? Well, if I was going to be asked this question, I would start off with, who is God? I would ask, what is God? Um, I've always, yeah, I mean, see God as a person, personal person. I don't know if that sentence made sense, but um, what sounds very impersonal. And so it's very unexpected to me. It sounds more like an object in terms of like, you'd say, what is that tree or what is that rock yeah. versus what is God? Yeah. And I think for me, um, you know, so like I was thinking through, um, like I go through this with my kids, right? Mm-hmm. And like the way you ask a question makes people want to give a certain type of answer. Mm-hmm. And and so when you say what is God, like I think the question talks about like his physical nature almost. Like what is God? My initial answer would be like a spiritual being. You know, uh, God is is spirit, as Scripture says. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't naturally like answer it with his characteristics or things he's done. Like if I say what is Regent, I would say a human. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, rather than who is regent. I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? What do, what do you think? I think it's a hard question. I think using the term "what" you do, you try to define God in some way. I like the idea of who, mm-hmm. uh, especially um, when we think about the the triune God and the the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, in ministry, we battle. People who think that the spirit is a force, mm-hmm. an it, and we're trying to, to teach them that it is who, it is he, that the spirit is a he, not an it. And so this question for me is a, a kind of a difficult one. Of yeah. Why is God? Um, I agree. Hannah, do you, you feel the same too? Yeah, because when I think about, like, when Moses asked God to reveal himself and, like, his answer, like, as I am, it, like, wasn't the what, it was the who. Like, whenever he answers anything about himself, it's relating to his characteristics way more than 
um, yeah, if he is spirit or not spirit, mm. if he answered that to himself, who he is, yeah. whenever he reveals himself. Yeah. Did any of you have a thought as to why they chose what then? Um, I think, so I have to do the same thing with my kids, right? When I say what, they don't really know how to answer it, even though we, we've started to have it memorized. And now they have it memorized, so they they know. But at first, I, I had to rephrase it, like who? So that tells me that it's also... Even in my children, it's almost sort of a poorly worded question. Yeah. Um, you know, at least with the the way, like the culture that the, the world's at right now, like my children don't even understand it that way. Um, yeah. So uh, I think maybe they worded it this way. I, I want to assume this was intentional, right? I feel like everything Crossway does and Tim Keller does is very intentional. But I, I want to think maybe it relates to the answer itself. You know, so like, you know, spoiler, that the first thing is God is the creator. And I wonder if, because they're using the words like the, and then a mm-hmm. role he fulfills, like, I guess if you said, who is David, you could say, or what is David? You could say David is the king of Israel, right? And so like, technically you would get that answer. Um, like, like, like as a title instead of as a characteristic. Yeah, like it almost feels that way that maybe they were purposely trying to point out like the role that God has fulfilled in in everything and then and then get to his person. I don't, I don't know. Like there it is again. I don't know how to make my email stop. <laughs> Let's see. I'll do this. While, while you're doing that, I have an idea. I was I was curious to see what you guys thought I just kind of playing this out in my head. I was reading through the, one of the commentaries and D.A. Carson and his commentary for this section said, just because somebody uses the word God and then somebody else uses the word God does not follow that they mean the same thing. Huh. So I was thinking about, you know, like in our Western, you know, in America, you say the word God and most people think of the biblical um, or at least assuming it's the God of the Bible um, in some respect, maybe not. Um, correctly, but they're assuming that's the God you're talking about. But if we went somewhere else, or in some cases, there's times in scripture where they talk about these physical gods, where it's like Mm -hmm. a piece of wood um, that's been carved, or you think of the golden calf. Um, Those being worshipped as idols, and people see these as gods. And if you asked somebody in that context, what is God? They would see my statue of X sitting over here in my house. So I'm wondering, is are they doing what is God to kind of break outside of just these, I guess you could say, personal gods? But they didn't answer it that way. I think if they answered it as he is a spiritual, infinite, eternal being, then I feel like that would be it. Yeah. But if he's a spiritual, eternal, infinite being, does that make him um, this? Like that could could that span other faiths as well? Whereas like ours is very specific in saying like God, the creator, God, the sustainer, he's sovereign. And then, you know, they, they, they add all these other attributes to him in this, in this answer to kind of specify more about who he is. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, to your point, Hannah, um, I guess, you know, if you were to go through the answer and, and, in relation to the question being, what is God? Um, 
it, I think it still fits, you know, like, so it says he is eternal. He is infinite. He is unchangeable. Those, those can be answers to the what question as well. Yeah. You know, um, and, and maybe they're trying to not get it into the personal sense. That could be the, that could be the answer. They're just trying not to make it, uh, extremely personal yet in this particular question mm-hmm. and that they're trying to get to how he relates to all of creation. Yeah. Um, as you, well, like, like, will the next week's question, are they going to build on this idea of who God is? Like, is this like an introduction do. to who God is? Is this like the step one? Because then the next question is how many persons are there in God? Then the question after that is how and why did God create us? So maybe they're trying to build this kind of introduction to the God section. Yeah. And you know, it is like, if you go back to the beginning of the catechism, like when you, if you have the app, if you open up the app, you know, there's three sections to it. Um, and those, I can't open it now, but the, um, the three sections, you know, start with, with God, sin, the fall. Um, and so I think it's trying to get these overarching themes because we do get into, uh, oh yeah, God, creation, fallen law, but then we do get into Christ redemption and grace is the second part mm-hmm. and then spirit restoration and growing in grace. So I, I think it will hit some of the more personal stuff as we go as well. Oh, that makes sense. Well, that leaves us with the question, what is God? And we've answered a few things here and there on, on what we're going to get to today, but let, let's dive into the, our first structural question of the episode. And that is how would the world answer this? So let's go with the assumption that we're asking sort of the both and question. We're asking what and who is God? Um, and we can dis- discuss either one, but how, how would the world answer this question? I can give a push on that a little bit. There's a couple of things I think the world does. Either they see God as this uh, moral monster, um, this being in the Bible who ordered the death of all the men and women kids, everything. So he's a moral monster. Um, maybe as a, um, a cosmic kill, uh, killjoy mm-hmm. that's trying to uh, give us rules to live by that we lose fun with. And since it's Christmas, maybe the other side is he's this uh, Santa Claus that's trying to give us everything that we ask for. And mm-hmm. those may be three different aspects of how the world sees God. Mm. Um, that cosmic or the moral monster, a cosmic kill, kill joy, or the Santa Claus. Yep. Maybe a good way to look at it. I think those are all um, extremely valid answers. I'd add... Um removed. I think a lot of people say that God yeah, is yeah. this just, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about it in our episode on moralistic therapeutic deism. Like he's a deity. He's not personable. He's this thing. Yeah. He created, but that's about it. Um, he doesn't care where we are collateral damage. Um, that could be, and isn't that uh, why we need to use the word who? Yeah. Right. Because of that, what you yeah. just said, yeah. we don't want to create yeah. this idea. Yeah. Because um, what you just said is uh, very true of how the world sees God, mm. and that is a what almost, mm-hmm. you know, instead of the who that we yeah. feel is. Yeah. 
I think we, and maybe that's it too. You know, we rest on the who because we believe that God is personable, and mm-hmm. um, and you know, there's a large chunk of the world that believes He's not. Um, also, I think the answer, what is God? People would say a made-up fairy tale character, yeah. right? That that's not a who for them. That's a what is God? He's a story. Yeah, mm-hmm. a, you know, atheist answer it that way. Yeah, an explanation for what they couldn't explain or we can't explain right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crutch. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it's got like, a crutch to get yeah. weak people out of right. their mind. Yeah. Or um, a re- what is God? A made up reason to know why the world was created, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys know, I think, are they Aesop's fables? You know, there's like a collection of stories that explain how like the cheetah got his spots. Yeah. Or I, I can't remember what the collection's called, um, but that's... I feel like a lot of people would answer it that way. They're like, God is a story that was made up to explain how we got where we are. But now that we've moved forward with science and we've moved forward with everything else, we don't need those stories anymore. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up now, what those are called. I remember reading them when we were in elementary school. Yeah, it's going to bug me too. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think another way people might answer this too is, uh, especially for like our generation, is uh, the God is who our parents told us about, but that's about it. Oh yeah. Um, or that's you know, God is this person that is going to give me a get out of mm-hmm. hell free card. Yeah, I think it's like God is whoever and whatever you want Him to be. And so if I need God to be the one that hears my prayers because I'm in a bad place and He's going to hear my prayers today, if He's this distance, far off things I want to do what I want, mm. then that's who He's going to be. And we kind of personalize them to our own preferences. Yeah. It's, um, you know, what is God? Well, he's me, but eternal. You know, he's me, yeah. but powerful. Yeah. He's me, but able to do things that I can't. Um, have you guys ever read the book, Imaginary Jesus? Have you ever no. heard of it? Uh, I mean, it's it's meant to be a, um, a satirical book. But the idea is that this, the main character um, is chilling in this coffee shop with his Jesus. It's like a hipster Jesus. And... Um, and he runs into the apostle Peter and, uh, the whole story is about how each person has their own Jesus, right? Like there's bodybuilding Jesus and homeless Jesus and drives a Porsche Jesus. And, uh, and he goes around and he sees them like playing out, like in the world, like imaginary, like imaginary mm-hmm. characters. Right. So it gets me, Hannah, what you said gets me thinking about that. Yeah. That, you know, what is God? He's my imaginary friend. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Not that they would word it that way, but they act it that way, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Any other ones? Um I think we've hit how people of, might feel. Of the big ones. Yeah, I think and we've hit how people might feel. They might feel either bitter, hatred, non-belief or mm-hmm. sincerity and 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 um desire and relationship. I mean that there's a there's a gamut to that answer. Gamut of beliefs. Yeah. You think we're more on the side now, at least in our nation, where they just don't care anymore? Yeah. Where they just know, uh, they just don't care who God is. They don't care. Yeah. Kind of like that post Christian where it isn't, yeah, yeah just, yeah. Where he's just, he's just nothing. Yeah. There just yeah. isn't any I'd value. Say, I'd say that, or um, he, either he's nothing or he could be anything because tr- <laughs> truth yeah. is so relevant now. Uh, or uh, yeah, uh, truth is so um, 
Why can't relative? I? Relative. Yes. Truth is so relative that um, that means God can be relative. He it's whoever He is to you. Um, and so, in a sense, they actually don't care, you know. But they quote unquote care so much that they want every person to be satisfied. But what they believe mm-hmm. the truth is, and yeah. yeah. So, all right. I feel like we did a good job covering. Um, any of those beliefs, I, I see a lot of those in my own personal life, uh, both in my family and in my past. And, and I think we hit a good scope for our listeners. Um, I think we move on to the second question. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the second structural question we're going to ask in each of these episodes is what does scripture say about it? And we're going to take this one sort of in two parts. We're going to start with what does the new city catechism say the answer is, and then we'll also read the scripture that uses to support it, and then we'll discuss. So um, would someone read for me what the answer is for question two, what is God? Yeah, it says, God is the creator and sustainer of everyone and everything. He is eternal, infinite, and unchangeable in his power and perfection, goodness and glory, wisdom, justice, and truth. Nothing happens except through him and by his will. Right. And the, and the scripture is, uh, scripture, yeah. Psalm 86 verses eight to 10 and verse 15. Right. Um, can you go ahead and read that? Yep. It says there is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. And then to verse 15, it says, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. All right. So how do um, the authors of the New City Catechism answer the question, what is God, by reading Psalm 86, 8 through 10 and 15? Like like how they're... Like comparing him or contrasting him to the gods of the world. Yeah. So, so like if they're asked the question, what is God, you know, like somebody that's a believer, they get asked a Mm -hmm. question, they go to scripture to answer it. New city catechism authors chose to pick this scripture and and answer it based from the scripture. You know, this is the, the thing they turn to. So why, why did they do that? Like, what about the scripture supports this answer? You know, one of the things you could talk about, um, you know, that last verse that Regent read, slow to anger, abounding in love, uh, that immediately takes you back to, to, to Moses yeah. uh, on the mountain, um, Exodus 34. Um, you know, that was the phrase that God gave Moses when he was trying to, to describe who he was. Uh, and so from a Jewish standpoint, um, Anytime the writers use that slow to anger, abounding in love, they want you to thank Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, think of what, and part of what God was doing with the, the Exodus was proving that he was God, that there was no other God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pharaoh began this idea of, well, who is this, this Yahweh? Uh, I've never heard of him. Mm-hmm. And so God was in the process of showing Pharaoh who he was. And then he showed Moses who he was, and this is one of those phrases that he he uses. So he's the unique, supreme, faithful God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard somewhere that that verse, like the slow anger, bounty, and past love, all that, is one of the most quoted yes. or verses in the Old Testament or mm-hmm. something. And so it has to be 
one most important thing God wants us to know about himself if it's in there so right, often. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. And I think, I mean, I love what you just said. Um, but when I, I think when I, when I read Psalm 86 and I read, there's none like you, God, all the nations uh, you have made shall come and worship you. You're do great wondrous things. You're merciful and gracious. There's none like you. Like my mind immediately triggers the vocabulary of holiness, right? Set apart. Um, no one is like him. No one can even touch him. Um, but I don't see that answer in the new city catechism, right? I don't, I don't see holiness as one of, one of the things they say, which I found odd. Yeah. I think it's an interesting verse to choose to support the answer. Cause I don't think it covers every aspect of what they put in the answer. Right. So the answer says, you know, he's the creator and sustainer of everyone, which you know, I guess it does say in the scripture, all the nations you have made shall come and worship mm-hmm. you. So it attributes that part. I don't know if it necessarily gets to sustainer. Um, eternal, infinite, and unchangeable in his power and perfection. Let me pull up. Where where would that be in the scripture? Yeah, I don't Which know. Which part? Being the like... Unchangeable? Yeah, like the immutability of God, right? Um, yeah. But you don't necessarily, like, if someone were to talk about the immutability of God, I wouldn't open Psalm 86. (laughs) No. No. This doesn't really dive into the unchangeable aspect of the Lord, but uh, Romans 11, verse 33, talks about Paul's, like, just got done explaining some really complex inner workings um, uh, after Jesus' death and resurrection, what it means for Gentiles and Jews. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of closes it by saying, oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. And I think that really kind of like kind of puts into perspective, like he's, his eternal is infinite, um, like the power and perfection of his being like beyond yeah. what we know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that such a hard question. Cause I don't think there is a single verse that can encompass that question. Exactly. Yeah. If you go to Exodus 34, and like God referring to himself as the I am, I mean, the culmination of all that he is. I feel like that's the only thing, but that doesn't go into detail to support Mm-mm. it like other verses were. Right. So I think it's hard that they only have one verse to try to support such a complex answer. Yeah. And, and I get why, you know, um, I think I just don't immediately, if I'm doing a devotion on this, I don't immediately connect those two. Yeah. You know, when I look at God as the creator and sustainer, I think Colossians, um, sure. you know, t- talking yeah, about yeah. Jesus, right? All things were made through him and for mm-hmm. him, and all things are held together in him. That's what mm-hmm. I think about creator and sustainer. Um, yeah. If he's eternal, infinite, and unchangeable in his power, like God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think of those scriptures. Um, and, and so, I, yes, I agree, Hannah, that they're probably just trying to narrow down to one. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out why they chose this one. So where would you guys go if you if someone came to you and say, "Show me a, a one place in the Bible that speaks of God's nature"? Mm-hmm. Is there a certain place that you guys would would go? Um, it's a good question. I, I think I could pull a lot of these out of John three sixteen. If with cool. with some good explanation, I think. Mm-hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave, I can get to a, a bit of the creator-sustainer part. Um, mm-hmm. 
I can get to, you know, who maybe not the unchangeable and infinite part, but mm-hmm. certainly goodness, glory, justice, and truth. I can get out of those ones. If I'm explaining John that's 316 great. to someone. Yeah, that's great. But yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I would start there off the top of my head if I'm, if I'm not Googling it or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think of Jesus referring to himself as like the bread of life, like the well that won't run dry, and thinking about how yeah. like that sustainer, and that that's like referring to his um, eternal nature and um, like perfect power and all of that. If I can get a lot of those things there, but it still doesn't encompass it all. Yeah, yeah, I struggle to have one that really come to mind that really encompasses the entirety of this answer and who God is, because like. I mean, Genesis 1 obviously comes to mind for creator. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you start talking about some of these character aspects that they list here. And there's just so many places to go mm-hmm. to, but to narrow it down is hard. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, it might be unfair to... They're trying to present a doctrinal theological truth. Mm-hmm. And and those happen because of systematic theology, right? Those happen because we look at all of Scripture and we see what all of it says about one particular topic. And so like, I get that it's almost impossible. I've maybe maybe from our standpoint, the question for us to think about is why didn't God just give us a verse that outlines all of these aspects of his, his nature. Why do you think instead they're just spread throughout the entire word? Yeah. And not just in one one yeah. place. What is he trying to to show us and, mm. and and teach us? I feel like part of that is like his infiniteness that he can't even be because even like all of scripture still can't contain all of who God is. Like this is still not a complete revelation no. of himself. And in sixty six books, we still only have part. Is that of glorious? Who he is. Yeah, it is. yeah. You know, it's those, insane. When you think about those sort of things, we're trying to do do something. To describe God, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, we just can't. We they're, they're not in any form, and no, spend all of eternity uh, trying to do it, and still won't come to the full still, summation of who He is. Yeah, but the proper the that. proper answer to the scriptural reference here is Genesis one to Revelation twenty two. Right? Right. Like, yeah, that's exactly like, right. Please see the Bible, <laughs> you know. And there's bits and pieces, and God reveals Himself, you know, yeah. little by little. Yeah. And someday we're going to see him face to face. Yeah. You know, think about that. I think this goes like with our thing about our three C's, being confident in the word of God. Like this is why God's word is so important. Like we can't just read the New Testament and think we have a grasp on who God is. Because we can't even read the whole Old Testament and do that. And so for us to really know God, we need to be confident in his word. And we need to know it in its entirety, not in its part. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Can I just read a couple of verses to you really fast? Yep. Uh, uh, this is Isaiah 40. It just touch on some. I just, when I think about God, this is where I go to. And it just touches my heart. Um, who has measured the waters and the hollow of his hand or the, the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on his, his, his scale? Um, it goes on down to whom then shall we compare God? What image will you compare him to? Um, he sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. 
uh, the people are like like grasshoppers. Mm -hmm. He stretches out the heavens like a, a, a canopy. He spreads them out like a tent to, to, to live in. Uh, to whom will you compare me? Who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the, the, the heavens. Who created mm -hmm. all of them? Mm -hmm. It just goes on. I think yeah. those are just beautiful yeah. verses. I think that would have been way closer to the answer I would have given for the scriptural yeah. reference, right? I think, like, if I read that, I probably wouldn't even try to critique the the scripture they chose, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of them. Um, it's just powerful. Yeah. Isaiah 40 is a beautiful place to go to. Yeah. Mm. Man, I'd, I'd say out of all the, the questions we've gone through on the New City Catechism, like, that I've gone through with my kids and stuff, this has always been the one that's been a little confusing to me as mm -hmm. to why they answer it this way. And Regent said it in our first episode, like there are times we're going to question the way they word things um, mm -hmm. or decisions they make, but what yeah, we, the catechism isn't scripture, right? But yeah, what we, we can say, say that the answer they give, I, I would would agree with exactly. everything yeah. that they said here. Yeah, I, I support everything and yeah. would agree with it. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is that at the end of the day, though, the answer is correct. Um, yes. And if you can memorize this sentence, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, that's a great summary. I find it the children's version, the answer is God is the creator of everyone and everything. That is like sort of how they choose to answer what is God. And that makes a little more sense to me. What is God? He's the creator. Uh, you know, uh, so, but when we get into the more complicated answer of he is eternal, infinite, unchangeable, it starts getting a little more personal for me. Um, that's back to what we already talked about. I guess we don't need to repeat that. We're 30 minutes in. So let's um, let's end it with our third structural question. And that is the applicational question of, if you sincerely believe these things about God, what does that look like in your life? Like, how do you, how do you live differently? How do you walk differently knowing that these truths are truths? So for me, whenever I think about the attributes of God, I think of um, Jen Wilkin, because she talks about this a lot. She has a great book called None Like Him which walks through 10 of God's attributes and the ones that we cannot be like that only he has. And he, and she talks about how when we, um, like we get a right understanding of us once we have a right understanding of God. And so when we see that he is creator, we know that we are created. And when we see that he's sustainer, we know that we must be sustained. And so it puts us in our proper place, which should lead us to humility. It should also lead us to worship um, of that God is always things, yet he loved us enough to send his son and to have a relationship with us, even though we are created and finite and powerless and um, so many things that he is not. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's a great answer for sure. Um, what, is, what does it look like for someone to see that in you, right? If like, if you're, if you're a non-believer and you're looking upon a believer, what do you see in their life that uh, would show that, um, that they believe those things? One of the things that really convicted me when I was going over this, um, as I was thinking about it, and it's like, if God is creator, if he is sovereign, infinite, unchangeable, like if all these things are true, what scenario can I face or can I be in that it makes sense for me to not go to him? And I'm thinking specifically in prayer. Mm. And I'm like, there's none. There's absolutely nothing where it makes sense for me to not go before the Lord or not bring what's in my life or what I'm experiencing, the joys, the lows. Yeah. How often do I actually do that? And how is that reflecting my belief? Yeah, so people would see your hope and your confidence in the yeah. Lord. 
and your dependency on him if you truly believe all these things about who God is. Yeah. This is kind of hands-on for, for me. Uh, my my dad uh, died 2018, yeah. uh, August of 2018, yeah. I think. And, um, and one of the aspects of just the knowledge of who God is allows me to, to grief well. Mm-hmm. It allows me, it's the very hands-on. It is, uh, I will see dad, mm-hmm. not in this life, but in the next life, because, not because of who dad is, but because of who, who God is, because of what he has done through his His son. And because my dad's faith was not in his goodness, but in, in Christ's finished work, uh, I have hope. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, from from ministry too, uh, sitting to someone who is dying, being able to give them hope that there is God. Mm. He is real. He is creator. He sustains all things. He is bringing us back to the, the garden. We're going to enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it just gives me hope, I, I think, mm-hmm. at the heart of it and that we do worship something bigger than our ourselves. Yeah. Something great. Yeah. So, so a good summary is you respond differently when you sincerely believe these things. Respond to yeah. grief and death differently. You respond to um, anything in life differently right. in terms of like, you, you know, the prayer one really hit me um, when you said that, Regent. Like, if you actually believe this, your prayer life looks completely different. Um, yeah. You pray confidently. You pray boldly. Um, you pray mm-hmm. with an assurance that you can't get anywhere else. Um that's good. The birth of a son. Yeah, yeah. We have a baby. The birth of a son. Yep. It's different. You look at it in mm-hmm. a different light. Yeah. Was and his work and yeah. All right. I feel like we've talked about this this second question pretty well. Um, I think we've an, uh, anal- analyzed it pretty well um, for this time round. I don't think we'll have as many problems next week with the way the question is worded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next week we are covering how many persons are there in God, and I'm sure we'll have some. Great discussions on the Trinity. And, yeah. uh, you know, if you're yeah. trying to prepare yourself. Let me say, if yeah, you answer that with any more than three, you're wrong. Okay. Yeah. So I'll give, you, I'll give your audience kind of a, a plug in there yeah. to test you guys. But is it one at a time? Is it all three at once? I mean, there's so many things that we could talk there's... about. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll get into some, probably not all of it, um, but I would love for us to talk a little bit about Trinitarian theology and where it even comes from. Um, so we'll get into that next week. You, do you guys have anything to, to add before we wrap it up? I don't think so. All right. Well, Pastor Greg Savage, thanks for joining us today. It yeah, was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Lots of fun. We'll uh, certainly get to have you on in the future and see you in a couple months when you come fill in for us. And uh, guys, be looking forward to that. Otherwise, um, we're going to be kicking off our groups again pretty soon after CrossCon. January 20th is when we'll start back up here at Coram Deo Bible Church on Thursday nights if you're interested in the college ministry. Otherwise, just know we love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.